Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Sergio and Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? It's going going pretty good, Sergio. Yeah. Out of the way real quick. Yeah. Uh, it's been two weeks since we talked about Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't talk at all in between about Ninja Turtles, ever. Uh, sporadically, but we mostly save it for the cat. Mostly, that, that you know what that that that's probably a good way to put it. Yeah. We have segments we have to get to, uh, and 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 one of them is extra special today. Extra special? Yes. So let's let's just uh, let's do it. Now is the time for being, which is the beginning of what is in the box of bodaciousness. Oh you, yeah, you, you did that pretty good. You did that pretty good. What are you talking about? The, no. What? Huh? You did that pretty good. Wait, something different? Uh, uh, okay, that, that's cute. That's cute. Jeff, do you have anything in your box? I I don't think so, no. Okay, neither do I. Oh. Because, 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 instead of there being stuff in our box, we are going to put something in one of our listeners' boxes. Say what? Yes, that's right. That's right. This is where we announce our first Instagram contest thing. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we, we want you to follow us. We, we want followers. We want to have interactions with people. We, we, we want new listeners. We want, we want shellheads to join us is what I'm saying. And, uh, the details as to what you need to do to win our little contest here will be coming very soon. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Uh, but, what will we be giving away, Jeff? One of your youngest children? Uh, no, 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 no one wants that. Oh, it'll save on bills, and you can buy more turtle stuff. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah, that'll be our second contest. Okay. The first contest is going to be. It's so so. I have three. Uh, really long paperback graphic novels they are like a hundred and some a bunch of pages they're basically they're the f- three giant volumes of idw books 12 issues per book they're not even they're not the ultimate collection but they are paperback they are about of 30 dollar value each and they are Shells Unleashed is the name of the first book. The Darkness Within is the name of the second book. And Fall and Rise is the name of the third book. And if you were to win these, you will be set for the first 36 issues of the IDW run. Wow. Yes. So, like, these are, this is a nice little collection. But when I look at my collection, I'm just, I, I have... I have like literally five other ways to read all of these. So I'm like, let's get this out the door. Let's get this to a listener who will appreciate them more than my shelf will. Very cool. Yeah. So, so stay tuned to our Instagram. You can find it at, uh, shellheads podcast on Instagram. Uh, and I, I'm assuming whatever I post there is going to end up on Facebook because that's usually what happens. Uh, and so if you see it on Facebook, make sure you run over to Instagram and do whatever the directions say do. It's going to be like a like and follow kind of thing. So, 
if you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. Uh, I will be able to answer them because I'm the one running the contest. First question, what if I don't have an Instagram account? Get an Instagram account. Make one. They are free. They're free. So are burner email addresses. So. Yeah. Yeah. Make a make a free Facebook. Make a na- make up a name. Make up uh, a threads. That, that's true. That's true. That's that's also yeah. part of Instagram. So so yeah, just, just stay tuned to that. Follow us on uh, Instagram for more details. And that's what's in what that's what's potentially in your box. Yeah. yeah that's good news. Yeah. What's next, Jeff? Now is the time for being, which is known as Secret of the News. Gosh, I, Jeff, I, who keeps popping in here and introducing segments? Usually you do that. I know, right? It oh. sure is annoying. His grammar is weird. Check your inbox. I've, I've sent you some free acting lessons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's time for news, Jeff. Uh, do you want to go first? Uh, I can. Um... Just pick kind of, one. Anyone. Just pick, just pick one. Well, kind of out of nowhere, uh, we're getting a Mutant Mayhem video game. Yeah, we are. And how do you feel about that, Jeff? I mean, it's done by a company called Outright Games, who's done... They've done some licensed games. They've been hit or miss. Uh, they've done... Um, they did one, they translated one Japanese game uh, called Zoids, which is actually really good. But they didn't, they weren't involved with development and all that other stuff. Um, it's always like a, a, a fine, thin line for licensed games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I want to remain cautiously optimistic. Um, to see how this goes, um, I love the 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 concept art. Looks great. True. Um, I I, I want to stay hopeful. Your optimism yeah. here is commendable. I have yeah. zero expectations for this game whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, look, yes, I'm fully willing to talk trash about the developer of Bratz flaunt your fashion. Oh, or Bluey, the video game. Yeah. Paw Patrol Grand Prix. Like all of these might be perfectly functional video games. But the one thing that is guaranteed on all these is they're all of them are designed for not just children, but children. Yeah. Like five and six years, six year olds. Yeah. Which means all it has to do is flash bright colors on the screen and be functional. And there's absolutely a place for that kind of stuff in this world. And the turtles, unfortunately, being a children's property, are a prime candidate for that. So while, of course, I'm going to play it, I I don't expect anything at all out of this well you know like i said i mean and and yes that is the general consensus 
when it comes to you know a company that's doing games like that. Their Transformers game looks promising. Got a lot of nice combat and action. So if it's if it, if that's any indication, what we might be in store for, um, you know, let's wait and see. Because it we'll doesn't look like a, just a regular, you know, quick cash grab. So. I think by definition, it's a quick, quick, quick cash grab because if it's coming out next year, that means it's been in development since probably the beginning of the development of the movie, which has only been two years, three year turnaround time on a video game. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. Let's see. 2024. My youngest will be four. So maybe I can throw it in his hands and say, hey, do you like this little boy? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, what's our next news topic? I'll let you take the next one. Okay. Uh, so Super 7, they're in a weird place, right? They've been uh, called out, presumably by Playmates, for copying their figures and making them real fancy. Well... Super 7 has some dude over at Super 7 came out and said, next year we're going to have 2K3 figures. Which were also done by Playmates. Which, yes, were originally done by Playmates. Which, what this sounds like is they either got an okay to do 2K3 figures that look like the, you know, the Playmates stuff, or they're starting, they've chosen another cartoon to start from scratch from, to make like original designs for. Yeah. Like if they make them, cause like when you look, cause I'm looking at the, the 2k three figures right now, they're on top of my entertainment center. Um, if they look on model to what the show looks like, I think that would be just enough to get away with it. I don't know, dude. I I don't trust super seven at all because the best figures they've ever designed were just fancy copies of the Playmates figures. Yeah. The ones that they designed themselves, the most recent wave, were absolutely hideous. I didn't look that bad. They did, though. I mean, to you, but, you know. Yes, but if, 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 if I'm the purchaser here, and everything that I've seen them design from scratch for Ninja Turtles has been, in my eyes, trash. I don't trust them to do the same for the 2K3 figures. So, I guess here's to hoping they look like the Playmates ones, but I don't think they can do that anymore. So, yeah. w- like, what... <laughs> I don't know. It's just an announcement. There's there's no pictures. I, I'm fascinated by what it's going to look like, what they're going to look like. Yeah. I'm not even optimistic. I'm just fascinated. Yeah, because you're not a, a a purchaser of any of their stuff, right? And who knows? Like they, these may look wonderful, and and I go, you know what? I'm gonna buy all four of the turtles, like, because that's a thing I would do if I yeah. like what I see. But we'll see. Did you want to take the next news topic, or am I? Uh, let's see. Uh, we're back with more soundtrack news. Okay. Uh, Kid Katana Records is releasing uh, the Shredder's Revenge Dimension Shell Shock 
vinyl. That's correct. Uh, Kid Katana is who did the uh, Shredder's Revenge soundtrack. So this is just uh, like so just like the game has add on content. Just consider this extra disc add on content for the original soundtrack, I guess. Or original vinyl. It's still it's still a soundtrack. It is, but it's not a disc. How else would you describe a vinyl record? It's a record. It's a disc. It's never referred to it as a disc. It's a disc, though. It's literally the shape of a disc. It's a rec- Are you gonna you're gonna bring down the wrath of Philip on a here? Frisbee is a disc. It's, yeah, a, that's different. A saucer is a disc. It's it's a it's a record. A CD is a disc. A record is a di- a disc is a round flat device or round flat thing. Look, I've never heard a record being referred to as a disc. Ever. Okay. <laughs> it's because it's, it's always disc. a record or vinyl. It's, it's not a it's not a vinyl, I know that much. It is a it is it a vinyl says record. Vinyl edition. <laughs> it is a vinyl record. It is not uh, a vinyl. Some antics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other inf- info on that? <laughs> um, that well, comes with some cool stickers. Uh, you know, Sagi's on the front along with Karai. Uh, it looks like it's going to be, it's currently available for pre-order, uh, and delivery starts November 24th. Um, if it's anything like the sound, the original soundtrack, it's going to be widely available. I don't think pre-ordering is going to be necessary. Um, what's next? Let's do a quick mutant mayhem box office check. Okay. So, uh, it is currently available on digital. So the box office numbers are probably dropping pretty, pretty heavily right now. Uh, as of today, domestically, the movie's made $111 or $111 million. Internationally, it's made $50 million, putting the worldwide total at 161 And that's pretty good. Uh, it, yeah. it, 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 it officially passed uh, out of the shadows the past week, uh, at least domestically speaking. Uh, but with it available on, on digital, I don't see it making much more than what it has now, which is a respectable amount. Uh, when does it come out on video? Do we know? November 21st. November 21st? Wow, that's a lot farther out than I thought it would be. Yeah, some some stuff's not coming out till October for some things. And I was like, how do y'all, how do y'all figure that? Hmm, maybe, maybe yeah. October is crowded and... October's o- packed. No, if November 24th is a good... Uh, let me grab that for a Christmas present purchase. So I guess that makes sense. What do we have next? Well, uh, the Turtles and Kevin Eastman uh, have cemented themselves, literally, <laughs> at the uh, TCL Chinese Theater. The legendary TCL Chinese Theater. I've got the direct report. I just sent it to Twitter. That way you can... Yeah. Okay. 
at risk of, of again being Sergio, the curmudgeon dude who hates everything. I'm so ready to see old man Sergio. I'm excited. He might already be here. This might be his. Like I have manifested old man Sergio at the age of 40. Like, but you manifest them at the age 20. These, these ceremonies are complete BS. It's free promotion. They don't mean anything. And it's not free. You have to pay for it. Like when you get your star on Hollywood Boulevard, like you're the person who has to fill out the paperwork to initiate that. No one taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, we want to commemorate you. They're like, no, if you want commemorating, reach out and pay for it. And you, you looked into that. Cause like, what about people that have passed away? They have people. Uh, Dead people have people. Yeah. It's, it's all a sham. <laughs> sham. Wow. Yeah. And, and so like this one is an extra sham because one, Kevin Eastman has very little to do with movies and the turtles are literally just guys in suits. In, and they're not even the guys in the suits that were in the movies. These are just dudes hired for the afternoon to act like turtles in suits. I I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm gonna find out one day <laughs> and get like a detective or something to to find out who kidnapped your inner child and literally locked them in a burlap sack and threw threw it into somebody's basement. Look, I, I, once you see through the trash that is this, these kind of events, it's hard. It's hard going back, man. I, I feel like the guy from hot fuzz trying to convince Nicholas angel to switch off. Stop being a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly relevant to this. <laughs> okay. All right. That, all right. All right. Okay, if you if any of you have never seen Hot Fuzz, go watch it. It is the perfect. I'm I'm Officer Butterman, and, and, and Sergio is Nicholas Angel. Like, I, I guess just sit down and enjoy. The thing is, is these things don't have to exist. Like, I can't just sit back and enjoy it because it's superfluous and pointless. <sighs> just, just let it happen, Sergio. One day. Speaking of movies, uh, we spoke a few months ago about Umbrella Entertainment and their fancy new scratch and sniff version of the original movie. Yeah. Uh, the I'm sorry. Stinkovision. Uh, registered trademark. Um, I bought it. I own it. I haven't watched it. I haven't sniffed it yet, but it's it's in my collection. Now uh, you can pre-order or you can order actually pre-order all three movies from Umbrella Entertainment. The original movie with the Smellow Vision feature, uh, Secret of the Ooze and TMNT Three. Neither of those have Smellow Vision. It's just the regular movies with different box art, and from what I can tell, there's not really any bonus features on those either. Just looks to be repacked. The art's not even very good. No, the art is quite bad. Um, especially for the whole collection where you've got the turtles. It's just the, it's the poster from the first film. 
And then as it leads up, there's the planet Earth. I'm like, that's what? The, yeah, the planet Earth is in the sky above the planet Earth. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> uh, that, now, that, that stupid image is a reason to buy it right there. Yeah, I guess. Now, keep in uh, mind, Umbrella Entertainment is based in Australia. So it may or may not have region locking, which means it might not work on your player. Um, unless they are region free, which means it'll play in any player. I'm pretty sure they're region free. Pretty sure. Um, I mean, I don't see, it doesn't say, but. Yeah, it does not specify. Yeah. Now, I, like, I get it. Your umbrella home entertainment and you already have the Stinkavision version of the first movie and you want to say, Hey, just get all three of them here. Like that's, that is the only reason for this collection to exist. So not only is it yet another bundle, it is yet another bundle that costs more than the existing bundles. Yeah. So (laughs) if, if, if you really need to see the Stinkavision thing, just buy the Stinkavision thing. Yeah. There, there's your, there, there's my official endorsement. Hmm. Tell me about these Dover events. Ah, uh, the Dover events. The Dover boys. <laughs> One of them is named Ben. <laughs> it's not Lynn. <Latin. laughs> Get it? Get it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here we Continue to say go. go away. Um... Oh, that's coming up pretty quick. So uh, I'm just going to basically read verbatim. So the first event is a TMT art show uh, Friday, September 15th from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Woodman Museum. Um, They'll be working with Jetpack Comics for their opening reception featuring artwork and memorabilia from Ninja Turtles. The artwork of original artists Steve Levine and Jim Lawson will be on display with prints for sale Mm -hmm. at the Tome? Tome? Tom, 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 Hiddle, Ga- Tom Hiddle Gallery. Jim Lawson will be in attendance for a meet and greet, and there will be TMNT merchandise for sale from Jetpack Comics. Uh, the second event is a TMNT movie night, Saturday, September sixteenth, uh, from six to nine thirty p.m. Uh, the Women Museum is once again working with Jetpack Comics as well as uh, Dover Main Street to show the first live action film. Uh, on their grounds at 182 Central Avenue in Dover. Pizza from Kindle Pond Pizza will be there uh, for sale alongside snacks. Uh, the Dover Public Library will have a Ninja Turtles mask crafting table. Uh, TMNT Art Gallery will be open. Uh, doors will open at 6 p.m. Uh, with the movie starting at 7 p.m. So it like just a great, fun community time enjoying Ninja Turtles. That's cool. And both events are free. Yeah. Unless, of course, you want to buy some stuff. Yeah, bring cash. Yeah. And there'll probably be, you know, lots of delicious pizza. To- okay, that's cool. Yeah. Go to woodmanmuseum.org for information. All right, Jeff, we have one more piece of news. Uh, what, what would that be? Uh, well, um, as... Many of you are already well aware uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 is coming, and we're getting uh, more Ninja Turtles content. Um, 
they're kind of redoing stuff uh, from the ground up. Um, they're redoing a lot of the characters and stuff, and they're adding, you know, they've they're adding Raphael and Donatello, and we've got a Donatello uh, showcase video uh, that popped up on YouTube um, that looks really great. And there's actually alternate costumes, so there's like looks like a punk Donatello, uh, which is really cool. Um, and I'm I'm just loving how this is looking overall because they're mainly playing on the Technodrome stage. Uh, which just and overall just looks better. I'm I'm fired up. You're fired. You fired up. I'm fired up. Um, and so in addition to Donatello, um, we also have a showcase for April. Unless a I spoke showcase about, for April. Unless I spoke about that last time, I don't think that I did. Um, so it just looks it looks so great. I can't I can't wait to play. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they'll add Krang in the robot body next. Fingers Unlikely. Crossed. Fingers crossed. Unlikely. Hey, don't do that. No, you're not going to do that. They can, <laughs> they, if they can put the shredder in here, they can put Krang. The shredder was in the original one in the first one. I know. I know. I was like, get, get Krang boy up in there. Look, they, they don't need to do anything until you can get all four turtles on screen at a time. And until they can do that, I don't want to hear news of any extra other characters. I will take all of it. Better yet, just give us a new Ninja Turtles fighting game. I'm loving the card game, even though I hate how they make you unlock all the turtles. It's really dumb. The what game? The the Nickelodeon Cart uh, Racer 3. Oh, cart game. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought you said card game, and I'm like, that's not something we've talked about. No. I'd play a card game. Uh, the turtles were featured in a in a puzzle game uh, on smartphones. I think at this point, it's just, point, it's just like, hey, hey, Nickelodeon, we want to uh, we want to license some turtles for some stuff. Okay, what you got? That's basically what it is, because they're just here's the money. Yeah, yeah, it, and. I wish I could name drop the the game so I could tell you not to download it. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not uh above I'm not above playing a like a candy crush or a bejeweled of some sort, you know, just a, a stupid time wasting puzzle game on your smartphone. Yeah, if you got like you're waiting for a flight, waiting for a bus. Yeah. Appointment, whatever. There was one that had a Ninja Turtles feature, or like a "Hey, limited time, blah 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 blah, earn pizza or some something." Well, the Turtles content was buried a week into your experience, so before you could even have any Turtle stuff, you had to play every day for a week. And on top of that, in the games that you played, you had to like match a certain number of pizzas to unlock it once the week was over. And I'm a busy man. I'm not going to no. I just, I tried for, I made it to like four days in a row and then I forgot and I just start over and I was just like, Nope, I'm out done. Uninstalled it. You know, I'll, I'll, I, I wasn't going to give them any of my, my, any of my money. And I only gave them a little bit of my time. Right. Uh, but I, that does it for news. Yeah, not a ton of stuff, but, you know, more than, like, last week, we didn't have any. 
Oh, uh, we had very little. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. last time, not last week. We didn't record last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we said, yeah, it's always fine to say last week. You know, a couple weeks ago, last week, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but hey, it's time for our break, Jeff. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you in a moment. Now is known as the returning from the time that is known as the break for the shellheads. Thank you, Krang. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah, we're back. So what? what's our main topic, Jeff? We are diving into uh, season four of the 2012 uh, series. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about time because it's on a pretty freaking huge cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hate you for it. (laughs) Don't hate me. I didn't write it. It took how when was the last time we talked about 2K12? Uh, I'm not positive, but I can find out. Um, it hasn't been, it hasn't been that long. It was this year. I think. Yeah, but it's I, like, it's I think agony waiting. <laughs> I like it, it, I get it, but I don't think I made you wait longer than what the creators had to make. Like, wait, right? Oh, definitely not. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe because it was March. March is when we watched them last. Ooh, man. It's only six months, man. It's only six months. It's almost close to a year. Okay, what was the, what was the gap between Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, huh? Look, I wasn't I was like maybe not even old enough to watch those movies. Or what was the gap between Infinity War and Endgame? Eh. The six whole months planet is nothing. Did- whole planet didn't explode <laughs> only <But> half of it <laughs> people snapped <laughs> uh yeah yeah so season four this i i like to think is of the, at least the beginning of season four is like not necessarily a soft reboot but almost like a like a fresh coat of paint similar to like a fast forward because it's yeah. it, it's kind of a drastic departure from the previous season, yeah. Uh, literally, you know, it, it being set primarily in space. At least the first the the, the first major arc of the season. Uh, the bef- before as always, before we dive into the actual episode synopsises, synopses, how do you, how do you feel about the what what you watched? I feel really good. Like it was exciting. I laughed out loud so much. Um, this might be my absolute favorite version of the Fugitoid. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's a uh, he's kind of big. He's 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 bigger than than what uh I would expect the Fugitoid to be. But and he also has some like defense systems. Like I, I feel like he's he's not just a you know a wimpy little server bot. Like he's not C three PO. Yeah. This time around, um, he also has a brain. He does just kind of 
floating around and like, hey, hey, it's just, you know, I can just open this at any time and here's my brain. I'm like, uh, how does that work? Shouldn't that be protected in some kind of gel goo stuff or what? I don't know. Uh, but let's let's break this down. So an android, a robot, the robot version of an android, an android is a humanoid robot or artificial being often made from a flesh-like material. Yeah, like RoboCop. RoboCop is an android. Okay. Or cyborg. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, how is a cyborg different from an android? That's a good question. I, I'm looking these, these things up because I, I want to know. Oh, okay. A, a cyborg is a being with both organic and biomechanical body parts. So... The original version of this uh, Fugitoid was not a cyborg. Right. However, this 2K12 version of the Fugitoid is absolutely a cyborg. Do they refer to him as Android? I think you can be an Android and a cyborg. Yeah. But you can't. But, like, not all androids are cyborgs. We want to hear from the uh, Android and or Cyborg community. Uh, care of Shellhead's P.O. Box. <laughs> I, no, I think we have this right. Like, Cyborgs have to have organic body parts. Mm-hmm. And since he has an organic brain, then he is a Cyborg. Like, that That we know. And An Android is just a humanoid robot. And since he walks like bipedal on two, you know, two feet, two arms, face, mouth, like he looks humanoid. Therefore, he's an android. It does not say that it has to have flesh like material, but it says that it often is made from. Now, how much how close to humanoid does something have to be to be an android? That is up for debate, I guess. But he He's a robot. He's shaped like a human, but he's a robot. So he's an android. I'm sorry. I, these things matter to me. Words mean things. There's always time for accuracy. So, okay, okay. So I guess the... Yeah, like, the like the Terminator is a cyborg. Yes, because he has flesh. Because he's typically humanoid. Yes. But no, but that, that makes him an android. Not according to Merriam-Webster. Well, I, I, I'm not looking at Merriam-Webster. I'm saying. Like, that, well, that's what I'm saying. He can be an android and a cyborg. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. The, <laughs> I've always heard the Terminator referred to as a cyborg. Even and I'm not said cyborg. I'm, you know, he's never what android. I'm saying is he's both. He's a cyborg because he has flesh. He's an android because he's humanoid. These are the kind of questions that keep Sergio up at night. Um, also makes me question a lot of things. <laughs> I, th- look, I'm just going by traditional. Like, okay, like Robocop is a, is, a, is, a, is a human-like cyborg. He's not an android. Like, he's made from, you know, a human combined with, you know, steel and electronics. Okay, okay. Then he, yeah, Robocop is absolutely a cyborg. Yeah, and so is the Terminator. Yes. But the Terminator, so, but the Terminator is an an, is also an android. See, I don't see. I don't agree with that because he's a humanoid robot. An android is a humanoid robot. 
He can be both things. I disagree. Where? What? What were we talking about? <laughs> Today on the show, uh, the wait, no, uh, the cyborg cast. <laughs> uh, it, I, I feel, I feel like I'm right, but you're also you, right. They're both Isaac and Donatello. They're both right. <laughs> yeah, we're we're both. Yes, right. Both right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this fugitive is great. He he really is. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of character. Isn't he voiced by David Tennant? Yes, he is one of my all time favorite actors. I, he I just looked like he was having a ball playing this character. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the, the, the like electronic little tint or, you know, effect that they added to it. I don't hear David Tennant when, when he's, when the fugitoid is talking, I, I just hear robot man. I mean, I do because I watch, like, you know, his, his Doctor Who run a lot. He's my favorite Doctor, and so I've seen a lot of other things with him in it. So I, I kind of, I hear both. Yeah, I, I, I he's guess. all over the place. He's the most. He has the big, the 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 just most the craziest personality. Um, and I even like the little. The inflections of the boop and the beep, because <laughs> it's like it's clearly he's not acclimated <laughs> to the body, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, now, as much as I love these these adventures in space, I do I love that we don't have to deal with the shredder right now. We have brand new enemies. We have callbacks to enemies from other versions of the turtles that I never dreamed would make it onto a TV screen. Some of the transitions between episodes are very clunky. Like when we when we get to it, I'll I'll point it out. You know, it's it's like we end one episode one way and expect the next episode to feel like it came from the previous one, and then it doesn't. It and it's not because they were aired out of order. They just it just feels like there's missing story here and there. Uh, but the stories that we do get are solid. Um, and they are very much in the, the vein of science fiction, like classic science fiction in a lot of cases. So, uh, yeah, I, I too, I've, I've, I really like this run of episodes because it's right in the ballpark of, of the science fiction aspect of the turtles. You know how much I like issue four through seven, you know, that like, that's a that's a great little run, and this not only pulls from it in a lot of ways, it has the same energy, the same uh, seat of your pants, what's going to happen next kind of energy that I that I really appreciate in Turtle stories. Oh yeah, this I, I'm I'm just sitting here because like I watch a lot of science fiction, and I was like, all the tropes pulled from from you know, sci-fi horror pulled from star trek star wars uh you know it's all in there and it's just a beautiful melting pot of a season yeah 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 so uh i I guess with that said let's dive into the nine episodes that we watched i'm going to uh run through uh quick synopsises of them and we'll talk after each synopsis so episode one or, or it's the 79th episode of the of the show 
is 401 Beyond the Known Universe. Following the destruction, following the destruction of Earth and Splinters being killed by Shredder, uh, the Turtles, April and Casey, travel back in time with a cyborg extraterrestrial scientist known as the Fugitoid to six months earlier to stop the Triceratons from collecting all the parts of a black hole generator that destroys the Earth. Now, they're pursued by the villainous ruler of planet Sectoid, Lord Vinrenograph Dreg, uh, after crossing paths with him while stopping at a spaceport for repairs. Dreg and his Vreen forces scuffle with the TMNT and pals. They escape, but find themselves in the middle of a Triceraton armada, and their ship is surrounded by Triceraton fighters. So we absolutely hit the ground running in this opening episode. What'd you think? Man, like what an episode. Uh, we get introduced to space turtle costumes. Or, <laughs> we do. You know, we do. Turtles and turtles in space suits. I should say not cost. They're not costumes. They're, they're practical. They're, they have a purpose. Yeah. Um, and wow, just, Wow. Uh, what? Is, and of course, April and Casey are along for the ride. And and what does what does April's spacesuit look like? Well, she looks exactly like it's a well, it's a classic '87 model, I would call it. Um, <laughs> mixed with something from Aliens. <laughs> that's that's a good way to to to, to say it. It, I, it. This episode was, or that scene was unnecessarily uh can i say horny yeah because like both donatello and and casey were like oh swing whoa mama oh um, come on guys this is a nickelodeon show what are you doing like this is it's it's just a a giant speed suit you know (laughs) Uh, but i love that her gun looks like a handheld camera yeah. Um, what kind of irritates me is that, like, okay, you've only got parts on your body, and there's skin that ex- that's exposed. I was like, how does that work? I was like, oh, it gives off this, like, you know, invisible, probably whatever, that you're okay. <laughs> that's the only thing that kind of drives me nuts. Like, I wanted to see full space suits. <laughs> you know like, every part of your body needs to be covered because space <laughs> yeah yeah like if why would you have if you're going to have areas of your skin exposed and have a story reason as to why it doesn't kill you when you go in space then why even have helmets yeah yeah i it mean this is it's not silver hawks Okay, let me let me throw my one big complaint out there. That's my one big. So what's your one big? My one big one is they threw out this big cliffhanger at the end of the of last season, and then they basically fix it in the first thirty seconds of the new season. It's like, oh, everyone you've ever known and loved is dead. Thirty seconds later, psych. Now we just have to make sure that what happened doesn't happen. Do you feel like they should have done it later in the season? The like the MacGuffin should have been. We need to get the black hole generator to go back in time and stop what happened. Okay. Not 
not we went back in time and let's prevent what happened. I could I can agree with that. I can agree you know, with that. Because because then like if you're already back in time, there's literally an infinite number of things you could do to prevent the future. Yeah. You know, if 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 the goal is to get to the past, then that justifies the adventure in space much better. Like they they went back to the past. No, I didn't name drop that on purpose, but I went back to the past. They went back to the past. Samurai then, style? Samurai style. And did not even go down to Earth to be like, hey, dad. Hey, younger us's. We could totally use your help. Like they went to the past and then stayed in outer space. Yeah, that does seem a little weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, and I know why I know why you do it. Like you don't kill all this, you don't blow up the Earth in a kid show and then don't immediately fix it. You don't let yeah. that linger for nine episodes or twelve episodes or however long. But that just tells me don't blow up this entire Earth. It's a kid show. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, it it was really cool seeing a new version of Dreg. It was. Um, I like, I like the design, but I, I didn't like his voice. Like I wasn't terrified of it. Like in the sense of where actor, uh, the original drag in the red sky season was voiced by Tony J fantastic British actor. He was also the, uh, the voice of Shere Khan on tailspin. And mm-hmm. then, you know, all the other versions and stuff that, that deep, just, incredible voice. So I kind of feel like it missed the mark with this and no, no, nothing against the actor, but I'm just like, I'm not because you better not have anything against the actor. It's Peter Stormare. I mean, he knows, he knows that the guy, you know, the guy that can kill people with a pencil, um, Peter Stormare's fantastic. He is, but he's just not a very good drag. I just did not care for him for at least for right now. Yeah, it's a terrifying look. They got the look looks great. Yeah, I'm not going to say that I agree with you because I don't have any love for the original drag whatsoever. But I will say that Stormare's voice acting did not stand out. Yeah, so uh, I will say that. I thought it was Jeffrey Combs for a minute because it kind of sounded like him a little bit. Nope, a little. Yeah. Um. Let's let's keep it rolling. We got a lot of episodes to talk about. Episode two. The moons of Talos three. Now, as I said, the end of the previous episode had the turtles being surrounded by surrounded by Triceraton fighters. Right. Instead of this episode picking up where that left off, they're just already shot down and stranded on an icy moon. So, like, there's stuff that happens between the episode that we just don't see. Uh, as look, so the turtles are stranded, uh, turtles, April, Casey and Fugitoid are shot down by the Triceratons and stranded on an icy moon. As they try to escape, they come across two of the neutralizers people, the Salamandrians, Salamandarians. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, one of which April or April, one of which Raphael develops a crush on and nicknames Mona Lisa. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, uh, Mikey names Sal Commander, 
Uh, they must put their differences aside to survive. Raph is able to convince both parties to work together. Uh, they fight ice dragons, repair both ships, uh, and Raph almost professes his love to Mona Lisa. This, it was really cool seeing like other Salamandarians and the, like the, the little Mona Lisa thing plug there was kind of nice. It's pretty nice. It's also, it's, it's, it's also nice for Raphael finally to have a love interest, seeing as all of his brothers already have one. Yeah. Yeah. This, this episode made me very happy. Um, uh, the cell commander is voiced by legendary, uh, actor Keith David, uh, AKA Goliath from Gargoyles or Spawn. If you adults remember that, um, who's still voicing Spawn. Um, and Mona Lisa is voiced by Zelda Williams. That I did not know. That's a good that that's a good pull. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like you know, it's like she's also um, the foot recruit in Rise. Mm-hmm. So she's done. She's worked on two ships. Um, you know, getting getting Empire Strikes Back Hoth vibes. You know, uh, with this one, and it was it was so much fun. Um, I, I really liked, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's be friends. <laughs> it's like, Oh no, don't like, don't so you extend your hand in combat. I'm like, Ooh, I should have told you that's, that's not what that means. <laughs> so I love the, like that. I love that in your, in any kind of like story, like w- what your gesture could be on earth or wherever you're from could mean something totally different in another species, you know, uh, culture which i i find just great like <laughs> great buddy you, you tip the driver now that now you've started war <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't you don't tip people here it's an insult so that's always a great uh i don't want to say gag but like you know uh whatever you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah it's it's a, it's a trope is what it trope. is yes 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 thank yeah. you thank you Raka Raka. Raka Raka. That was so great. I absolutely love the designs on the Salamandarians in this. Uh, that, this uh, yeah, that's, I got that right, didn't I? Yeah. Salaman, I think it's Salamandrians. Salam- I think I misspelled yeah. it in the, in the thing that I wrote up. Made a tomato. Sa- Salamandrians. But. Uh, just, just all the designs on these are just so, so great. Yeah, all all the designs in in this run of episodes are great. It's it's like they got to finally take the training wheels off. It's like just go crazy, you know, make up some stuff, get some familiar stuff. Um, I there's never any time that April's not on screen in her spacesuit with her laser gun that just doesn't give me, you know, classic sci-fi vibes. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me so happy. Because I just I love that I love that that's like probably one of my favorite things about this all these episodes. Um, well, I do have questions like how do the turtles have new energy uh, space weapons though? They're like does the, does any of that stuff gets get answered? Like how do you know the turtles? Uh, the fugitives gave, just, gave them all that stuff, right? Or? Yeah, it's like you just had this stuff waiting for you on the ship. Well, you know? uh, yeah, or I'm he has a. Uh, 
there's a machine that just you just describe the food you want and it spits out the food. So yeah. like, I guess that they could have the same thing for weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they 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 have it on Next Generation and uh, Orville, so it's it's very common. Yeah. Uh, what I really like is like Sal Commander and Mona Lisa. Those are given names by the turtles. Yeah. It would make zero sense for them to fly into outer space, find a new character, and that character be named Mona Lisa. Yeah. So giving them the name, like giving them an Earth name, is a really classy way to do that. Without And it make more sense, because they both have Salamandrian names that no one wants to pronounce. Exactly. And that's also another trope, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's your name? And just dude just yells for like less than a minute. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna call you Doug. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything yeah. else before we move on to episode three? Uh, let's see. It it was just adorable seeing just Raphael just kind of like be putty <laughs> in her yeah. hands. Like, I love that because like he's always the tough guy. You don't get to see that side. Uh, of him, which is kind of cool. So, uh, and Zelda Williams just freaking kills it, man. Like she's she's such a great actor, uh, or actress, I should say. Um, I I really enjoy uh her work a lot. Good. Those ice dragon, those ice dragons were pretty freaking cool. Uh, very gargoyle esque. So maybe a little maybe a little nod to old Keith David there. Maybe, maybe. All right. Episode three, The Weird World of Worm. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Fugitoid has lost the Triceraton fleet uh, when he hears a distress signal from a nearby spacecraft. Uh, while investigating the wrecked spacecraft, uh, the turtles, April Casey, and the Fugitoid find a hypercube containing the creature Worm, who grants them three wishes. Uh, Casey had wished the ship wasn't so boring, uh, and, and then Casey wit or then Donnie wished Casey wasn't such a bird brain. Uh, the worm is apparently one of the most dangerous beings in all of the universe and causes chaos immediately, uh, and begins destroying worlds. Finally, Casey wishes that they had never found the cube, which fixes the situation. The influences in this episode are far and wide. And, Bringing in the character of Worm is fantastic. Yep, voiced by Dwight Schultz, uh, who played Murdoch on the A-Team. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Or Mung Dahl in Chowder, the crazy guy with the mustache. Dwight Schultz. Huh. They're just pulling all kinds of, like, like, they're not pulling, you know... A-list actors, but actors who are more famous than the fourth season of a turtle show. So that's cool. Uh, let's see. This episode had zombies. It had Chris Bradford's cartoon. Oh the my two, God, so the great. two rough crew. That's so great. Uh, it, it was really fun. Like this episode was a lot of fun. I really like worm. It was a really fun character. Like, yeah. uh, like a, you know, like a, like a space genie. He was absolutely a space genie. 
mixed with elements of Mr. Mixius Pitalik. Always, it's always like a what's it? Or Mr. Mixelpix from uh, Superman. Yeah, so from the whatever dimension. Yeah, Um, it's been a while since I've Mr. Mixelpix interacted with or read those stories and stuff. So like. Yeah, forgive my comic lack of comic accurate jargon. <laughs> so, uh, cut me a break. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was also given genie vibes from from Aladdin. Like, yeah, but like if he was like evil. Well, yeah, it still it still had the same energy though. Um, what else you got? Uh, let's see. Oh, so we get uh we get the hollow trainer sequence. Uh, or the um, you know the hollow deck uh, from next generation, yep. and uh, got kind of like a almost like an event horizon vibe. Oh yeah, from that you know that yeah. creepy ship. Uh, of course, the Astro zombies were really cool. So the the uh, the Chris Bradford cartoon um, is basically making fun of it's just making fun of Chuck Norris. Or an homage to Chuck Norris because he had a cartoon called uh, Karate Chuck Norris and in the Karate Commandos, uh, which you would have segments of like live action Chuck Norris talking to you, and then you go into the cartoon. It was terrible. Kind of also got like a Hellraiser, you know, the the cube that's in Hellraiser type vibe that Casey was obsessed with. So yeah, uh, that was kind of. That's going cool. A lot, a lot again, a lot of uh, sci-fi horror, uh, or just just regular horror in general, uh, general uh, kind of smattered in. Um, this was this was a lot of fun too. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. This 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 was one of my favorite of of the run here. Uh, let's keep it going though. Episode four, the outlaw Armagon. Yes, that Armagon. Uh, when Lord Dreg hires a cyborg bounty hunter shark named Armagon to destroy the turtles, the team flees to an abandoned space station. However, they soon face another threat in the form of the station's autonomous artificial intelligence system, Overmind. Uh, we get a bunch of Fugitoid's backstory. Uh, Overmind takes control of Fugitoid. April's able to free him. They defeat Armagon and Overmind. Fugitoid is able to find the Triceraton ship. So this is yet another detour on their 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 journey to find the black hole generator pieces, right? And Lord Dreg finally comes back into the picture and hires a space shark. And of course, we know the space shark from the Archie comics. And of course, he is Armagon. He is still a space shark. He is still a bad guy, and he is awesome in this. And he is Ron Perlman. Is he Ron Perlman? He is Ron Perlman. Oh, that's fantastic. His voice is a little softer. It's not as like gruff and and deep. Uh, but I mean, look, Ron Perlman's one of my favorite actors, and he just. And it's not his first time doing voiceover too. Like he he just nails it. Ar- Armagon's a shark in a shark costume. Yeah, his he he flies through space in a shark shaped costume that also doubles as kind of a mode of transportation. So it's a shark ship. 
Yeah. And the description that I found describes him as a, let's see, as a cyborg. I don't know how true that is. Well, I mean, he's got pieces attached to him from the suit, uh, like tubes and stuff. So, yeah, that checks. Okay, so I guess so. I guess, I guess you're right. I never saw his figure in stores. Like, if I had, I would have grabbed it immediately because it looks fantastic, and I must get one. Yeah, it's it's he's it's a cool little character design, a very inventive character design. Yeah. Because, like, inside of this scary giant suit is, like, a pretty realistic-looking shark, like a, an emotive shark. And he was terrifying. Yeah. And when he was pursuing the turtles, the, the few times that he pursued them, like... It's very Jaws. Very it's Jaws. very Jaws. That's exactly what I was about to say. The shark and looks fake. Is, the shark oh, is yeah. fake. The shark's inside of the suit. Yeah. I, I love that they did that because that checks with that matches with Bruce, a.k.a. the original Jaws. Yeah. Um, and this is his very first appearance in uh, an animated series. That's correct. A few more appearances and he'll be up for a character spotlight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I dig his design. I dig what they what they did with his character. He doesn't need backstory. He doesn't need much because of the, you know, the callback to the character of Armagon. And also, a space shark is cool. It checks so many cool boxes, man. He does. He really, really does. Yeah. So, I, I you, do you have anything else for the episode? The episode overall was just great. I mean, him being a bounty hunter, I really like. Um, uh, we get a little bit of, we get the backstory about the fugitoid, uh, mm-hmm. which is nice. It's a little bit of a, it's, it's familiar, but different, you know, because his brain is actually in the helper robot. Yeah. Um, this time as opposed to just merging with him. Uh, yeah. And, fug- and not ahead, only right. that, his helper robot like voluntarily did that. Yeah. Like in the comic, it was an accident, you know, through like yeah. lightning or whatever. This was a helper bot going, oh, oh, let me help you out there. Yeah. So that's um, kind of kind of weird. But yeah, like seeing Armagon, like not in the actual suit, like he's still a monster. I mean, he looks like, uh, what was it? King Shark from, yeah. uh, from DC yeah. Comics. Um, but I, I like that it wasn't – the design was was unique and didn't kind of like mirror uh, the, uh, the Archie design uh, too much. Um, but man, he's like – you know, it's, it, it's, it's Iron Man if he was a bad guy and a shark. He's got missiles and all kinds of other cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, and we haven't really talked much about Overmind, but Overmind is oh. very much classic sci-fi, just across the board. Yeah, yeah, mixed with Hal, uh, mixed with other sentient, you know, mm-hmm. computer 
AI that's like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're so much better than the organic. Uh, and we're not flawed like the organics, you know. It's like, uh, no, wait a minute. Who's going to keep you going, you know? Didn't realize you need us to keep living. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a wild premise, and I, and I love it. And what, and I do too, and like, what sets this series and, you know, apart, I think, from a lot of the other ones, and I'm not saying that there weren't nerds or geeks that worked on any of, of the other shows, but this is one of the, this is probably the biggest melting pot of a series that I've watched with turtles. Cause like it literally has absolutely everything you could possibly think of. Yeah. From all, you know, from horror, from science fiction. And it's just in, you know, all the different versions of the turtles and, and elements, you know, there are two K three elements coming up and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and it just, it's, it's so great. Um, all right then. 405, the riddle of the ancient Aeons? 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 Aeons, yeah. Uh, the Turtles, the Fugitoid. April and Casey must journey through an ancient alien temple to get a fragment of the black hole generator before the Triceratons do. The alien race has, uh, the alien race on the planet has been driven mad by the generator piece, and there is no and there, peace. <laughs> Triceratons and the TMNT fight over the piece with Mozar and his army army winning uh, the turtles uh, that which means the triceratons got the piece the turtles uh, then turn their attention to saving the natives which of course were uh, had gone mad not necessarily because of the generator but because of the technology on the planet uh, since they are not a technological species they treated it as a god and they put away their soul star which is what breathes life into the planet. April was able to free their soul star and bring the life back to the planet and uh, get the madness out of the natives. It was a lovely little story that I feel like I've seen several times before. It very much feels like um, something from the time machine. I'm not that familiar with the time machine. Uh, uh you know, the, the original HD Wells. Um, well, I'm, I'm familiar the, with what, what it is. I'm just not familiar with the story. The, well, he goes into the future and like, he goes, well, he goes like t- so far into the future. And then there's like these primitives. It, it's been a really long time since I've watched that film or read the book. Um, and, uh, you know, like how has man evolved? That's not, you know, that's not really the case here. They're not men. But it gets kind of that vibe where, you know, technology and everything has been, you know, the destruction of humanity. Yeah. Or this, you know, civilization. So that, that, that kind of felt like that, um, a little bit. And they kind of did something like that. Um, I think they probably did that on Doctor Who at one point. Um, yeah. I, I know that two different turtle stories had a crystal sky or a crystal star. Yeah. So, so this, this may be kind of a, a reference to, to one or both of those notes from the underground notes from the underground. And also there was also one in the 87 cartoon. Was there? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a crystal. There was like, an, uh, they got lost on the dinosaur somewhere. episode. Yeah. It was the dinosaur episode. 
yeah. So so there's a little connective tissue there. Stories are very different, but I uh, I like this one. I didn't love this one. Uh, the for- foreshadowing at the end where April gets the uh, is gifted a small piece of their their soul sun or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, soul star. Mm-hmm. I feel, of course, that's going to come back to haunt the turtles and April and all that. So it's, it's cool that that's a thing, but outside of that, this, this, this episode is, as I said, I like it. I don't love it. I mean, I'm here for all of it is, is turtles in space. We got crazy wild adventures. Let's just go. <laughs> um, when, and when, and like when they put back, um, what was that? What was that thing called that they put back? The soul star. Yeah, when they put that back, the uh, it reawoken the uh, the aeons, and of course you see the classic "live long and prosper," uh, you know the hand gesture uh, via Spock, which I was like, oh, yeah, see, we got the Star Trek connection there. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Star Trek's a big influence on this. So, oh, absolutely. Possibly the biggest influence on on all of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's keep it going, because the next one is what I really want to talk about. Okay. 406, Journey to the Center of Mikey's Mind. <laughs> uh, the turtles meet Belly Bomb in a can- cantina and upset him. Uh, he then six micros- <laughs> he six microscopic aliens on Mikey to invade his mind. The aliens are called... Why didn't I type this in here? Neutrinos. Yeah, but why didn't I type it? That's weird. The aliens, known as neutrinos, are trying to get into Mikey's brain. Uh, the turtles have to chase them through the strange world of Mikey's subconscious with the help of April's inherent psionic extrasensory abilities. Uh, it's a trippy, very weirdly Mikey episode. We get uh, the mutanimals. We get a baby Michelangelo. Uh, we get all kinds of other stuff. Ultimately, April and the turtles are able to get the neutrinos out of his mind, and he then squishes them. Go, Jeff. I know you want to talk about this one. This was one. This is probably the most bonkers episode. Um, I I loved every bit of this. Um, you know, we get the beginning. We get a very Star Wars canta- cantina uh, scene because that's definitely it. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm hearing, uh, you know, uh, is it belly bomb or belly bomb? Belly bomb. Belly bomb. Now, uh, he, he, he might've had a different quote unquote name, but that's belly bomb. Yeah. Y- yeah. Um, I was like, that voice sounds so familiar. I was like, ah, oh, it was the late Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Unity. Um, <laughs> um, there's so much stuff that's just thrown into this. It's just insane. And of course, <laughs> more Chris Bradford cartoon. Yep. <laughs> He's getting beat up by this tiny guy. <laughs> it's just so freaking hilarious. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I just I couldn't stop laughing. Um, let's see. It was 
interesting how they and it, it getting kind of like psychological here like his like Mikey is running from all these problems and all these issues and he retreats into his imagination where he's safe mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us can relate to that you know when we when problems come up and stuff we kind of retreat inward to a safe space so that got a little deep um in this episode it kind of hit me um you know because i you know who doesn't deal with stuff like that you know Um, yeah yeah and and i feel like mikey is the right character to do this with yeah uh because he he's the one that on the surface you don't see any depth so when you dive into his brain and you find depth there's a lot of story there to mine so yeah and i love like the constant like switching around uh to different things uh just very sporadic you know quick cuts um and different versions of mikey like fat mikey <laughs> giant huge uh you know deep voice mikey uh-huh um unhinged mikey with like this head spinning around and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh uh, yeah, there was the one that was talking like backwards. Yeah, and then Turf Lytle's there. Turf Lytle's there, yeah. Yep, yep. Um uh but yeah, this was this was a, this was a lot of fun. And like when you get to, when you get into his imagination, I was like, "Whoa, man, this is just trippy." Yeah, there really there was nothing off limits. Yeah. Like a lot of self-referential stuff, a lot of like return, a lot of returning characters that are just there for a few seconds because, uh, you know, just to tell us that these characters mean a lot to Michelangelo, like Leatherhead's there, you know, mm-hmm. Ice Cream Kitty, Ice Cream Kitty. Exactly. It, it's 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 truly a trip into Mikey's brain. And who knew that we needed that? Yeah. And I, I love how the neutrinos are basically ripping and tearing through his mind. Didn't and I, I it, it's been forever since I've watched the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, films, but didn't Freddy do something like that where he kind of ripped into a reality or something like that? Uh, that sounds like something he would have done. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was kind of cool. I was kind of disappointed we don't get like actual neutrinos. Uh, actually, that is my only complaint on this, this episode. Why are we naming those things neutrinos? Yeah. Yeah. They look like, um, they look kind of like rock soldiers. They look a little bit like rock soldiers. They also kind of look like, um, what is the, there's a character from the movie, Disney's the black hole. And I'm pretty sure that's a reference to that. Wow. Oh, you know I'm going to know the reference. Uh, like that is that that's a that's that's a pull. Uh, according to the Turtlepedia, they look like the mindless ones from Doctor Strange. That I'm I'm going to go with Maximilian uh, from Disney's Black Hole. Um. Just the way that that that's like I think more accurate, at least the top half and the heads. That's a cool design, man. May, maybe, maybe. 
I'm, look, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a picture of Maximilian. Maybe. It's pretty close. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, why are we calling these things neutrinos? Uh, like, other than the fact that they, you know, have, like, neural powers. Like, I, I, I get that, but... That's my, have, one com- that's my one complaint, too. Yeah, they have, they have nothing else to do with neutrinos, so... It's it's yeah. it's just a it's a pointless name name drop at that at that point. Belly bomb though, yeah. Belly bomb is a great poll. That's from the Archie comics, and he doesn't look exactly like Belly Bomb from the Archie comics, but he has the same body structure. Yeah. So that 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 was a good poll. That really was great, that and and yeah. Charlie Murphy, man, just I I I loved him. He was so perfect for this. Yeah, and he apparently he died about a year later. So yeah, hmm. fun episode. Really, really fun episode. You got anything else before we move on? Uh, let's see. Nope. Okay. Next up is four oh seven. The arena of carnage. The turtles are captured and thrown into the Triceratons Battle Arena. Their only chance of escaping is teaming up with a convicted traitor while April and Casey work with the Fugitoid to free them. The turtles must fight the Spasmosaur and escape back to, uh, to and with the Fugitoid. April's inherent psych- psychic powers are beginning to be more developed and grow considerably in strength considerably in strength due to the crystal fragment from the mystical soul star necklace she had received from the aeons. So I was wondering when this, when these originally aired, I was very much wondering if we were going to get a Triceraton home world, you know, arena fight like we did in every other version of this story and finally seeing it after basically teasing it for six, five or six episodes is great. Uh, I wasn't completely thrilled by it. Mm-hmm. It had, it absolutely had enough, uh, callbacks and references and, and, and just homages to, to really please me, I guess, in, you know, in certain ways, but ultimately it seemed like, what am I trying to say? It felt rushed. Not rushed. No, 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 no. Because I don't think it needed more than one episode. Uh, it took way too long in 2K3. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a bit checkboxy. It's like, okay, how's, well, they're in space. That? We They're in space. We got to do this, right? It's like they felt obligated. And so they did it because they have to. And then let's go to something more interesting next episode. You know, I, 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 I feel both happy that they did it and also kind of disappointed that they, that it was obvious they felt they had to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird dichotomy in my mind on this one, but whenever they're in space, we can kind of just expect them to do this. So here it is. What'd you think? I, I loved it. I always, I never get tired of like, Prison type stories like oh we got we have, how are we getting out of here blah 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 um, you know it's 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 such you know a trope that uh, is is done a great deal and of course the gladiatorial you know fighting against your own you know 
will. Uh, I never get tired of that. I mean, they yeah, they did it in uh, Conan the Barbarian, Samurai Jack, you know, just tons of other stuff. The, the last um, episode of Shellheads, we talked about one that yeah. was in the last run in the Lost Years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's interesting about this is that, you know, it's, we get, you know, the turtles are kind of like, they're talking to somebody else in another cell. And I was like, who is it? This big dude named Zeno. And he is probably the, I'm going to go ahead and say the incredible Hulk size Triceraton of the entire race. Cause he looks like. 20 of those guys combined. Yeah. Or maybe he's, five. He's a big dude. He's a big he's dude. Huge. And um, he's voiced by um, John DiMaggio, which... Bender. I didn't... He didn't sound anything like that. Of course, they could have altered his voice a little bit, which they do, do tend to do in, in animation from time to time. Um, But, you know, I, I love the designs and how he looks. I was like, it looks like on one side, he looks like he's got the sorting hat on his shoulder, which is kind of funky from, you know, from Harry Potter, but like yeah. evil, uh, which is, which is weird. Um, I have a question. Okay. Why is this dude not Traximus? I don't know. I mean, they change it up. Yeah, but like they... They they named those little brain things the neutrinos, but they couldn't name basically the same character Traximus. Yeah, and it's not like they. I just checked; they didn't use Traximus in any in any other way in this series. So it it's seems only in the one episode. What what I'm saying is is the name Traximus is not associated with any Triceratons in the 2K12 show. Oh, okay. So it's not like they were saving that name for somebody else. Yeah. Maybe yeah, they just wanted to be, you know, not the same as 2K3. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the rest of the story, like they lifted a lot of different things from earlier versions of this story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird that that's one that they chose not to. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is always cool seeing a spasmosaur. Oh, always. You know, no no complaints there. Those things are weird. Wait, Spasmosaur. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was getting confused with something else. Like, yeah, that thing is just bleh. Um, yeah, and, and like that and like that goes back to the original Mirage comics. Like, there was a Spasmosaur in the comic. And then it was in 2K3, and then it's in 2012. It's in the 2K3 video games. Like, it's, it's, it's just, it's a thing. And them yeah. acknowledging that it's still a thing is cool. Yeah. Um, I love the beginning of the episode where they're in the, the hollow training room again. And it's all, they're, they're basically in a fighting game. Oh, yeah. I knew, I knew you would dig that. Which is awesome. Um, then we get, a, you know, references to Mortal Kombat and, and Street Fighter. Yeah, I, I, I appreciated the, uh, the fighting game stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anything uh, else before we move to 408? Uh some of the uh, Triceraton announcers, uh one of the the main arena guy sounded like Wolfman Jack, old radio guy from way back in the day. 
which I always appreciate hearing an impression of that. Um, Michael Ironside is uh, Zan 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 Zamoran? 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 You know, sounds like a spice. Uh, the spice. The spice. Um, so, yeah, I really, uh, I really, really dig Michael Ironside. Uh, he just gives that great uh, performance as well. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I dig gladiatorial, you know, type stuff. So it's always kind of fun. Um, yeah, this one this one was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, 408, The War for Dimension X. Uh, the Turtles must gain the trust of the Utrum Council, which is Queen, Rook, Bishop, and Pawn, uh, in order to find the next piece of the Black Hole Generator. Uh, they learn the Utrum's past, as well as Krang's. Uh, an all-out fight breaks out between the Utrum's Krang's uh, Krang Subprime and the Salamandrians. Uh, good guys, of course, win. They defeat Subprime. Uh, the team and team gain the trust of the Utrams and are pointed in the right direction for the next generator piece. Raph gets a kiss. Or er, Raph and Mona kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was cool because, like, in the original cartoon, there was just kind of that assumption that generation, not generation, that uh, Dimension X was in space, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just you go into space and you fly far enough, you get to Dimension X. Here, they established that no, Dimension X is a dimension. It's not another like galaxy because you travel to Dimension X through the portals because it's a different dimension. It's not a galaxy, and so. This is like a mixture of both space travel and dimensional travel. And somehow all of these parties know of each other and have been either warring or have an opinion of them. Like the Salamandrians don't want anything to do with the Krangs or Krang, you know, Uh, and getting the getting further details on how Krang and the Krang, the Krang became a thing out of the original Utrams is a re- is is some really just caviar level retconning mm-hmm. you know like the Krang started as good guys and they were called Utrams like all of this is 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 a fantastic way to homage combine, combine the two yeah, like just just a big homage to both the original Utrams and Krang the character becoming evil. It's, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fantastic, just absolutely fantastic. And B- Bishop being like the key to all of that is 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 even more icing on top. I I love all of all of this exposition is what I'm here for. What about it, you? I- Oh, I, I, I echo that sentiment wholeheartedly. Like I, I was not expecting that because I thought, oh, they're just going to be the race of Krang. I was like, no, no, no. He was Krang. And then he basically made his own, you know, version of himself. You know, he created all of that and, you know, or am I getting that wrong? You know what I mean? Like 
No, he, he basically brainwashed all the Utrams. Yeah, and just he's like, yeah, everybody is crying. And so I, I thought that was fascinating. Um, I, I didn't want to get that mixed up. Um, but, you know, cause, you know, cause with, with every, you know, iteration, you want to, you want to be, do something different. Um, and so I did, I didn't expect, expect this coming. And so to see, you know, Bishop basically is more two from two K three. Yep. But way cooler. Cause <laughs> we like Bishop and, you know, a lot. Um, and so we got to see some fantastic fights and man, Gilbert Godfrey, dude, God rest his soul. Just plays such great, wonderful, annoying characters that you just love. I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. But it's not like he's playing someone other than just Gilbert Godfrey. Well, well, like that's not the way his normal voice sounds. Yeah, like his uh, normal talking yes voice. Yes, it like is. Not. You're not going to hear. You're not going to hear Crank Subprime and be like, "Oh, what actor is that?" It's a little bit of well, he he kind of he kind of you know amps it up a little bit. Um, because I I had re- I, I thought I had, I had read that somewhere. Um, so you know, for a little bit of a bit of showmanship. Um. But again, you don't you don't hire Gilbert Gottfried because you want him to sound like someone else. You hire him well, because of what he sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was just fantastic. Yeah, I th- there was so much backstory in this one, and just so much connective tissue. And this 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 episode felt like a love letter to deep turtles fans. Because it yeah. glued so much stuff together. It gave us some closure on a lot of Krang stuff. It f- fleshed out Bishop's character and his origin and like reestablished Utrams even more in this world than it, they already had. I, this is probably a top two episode of these, of these nine for me. Oh yeah. If not the best, definitely the second best. Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, we we also got a bunch of uh, fun Michelangelo uh, Dimension X stuff again, which is always fun. Yeah, um, I love at the beginning uh, that Mikey's like he's, does a robot dance, and the Fugitoid is like, you know, that's a robot. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> just it's, he's just a delight. Like I love this Fugitoid so much. Yes, but is he a robot? Look, he's every, he's everything. We're not we're not going down that road. He's everything. He's ever he's all of it. <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. Of course, he's a melting pot. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so there's a moment in the episode where um, get to it. Uh, where you know, uh, Casey and April are are you know they left him on the ship, and um. April's reading a magazine called Robo Health. And on the cover of that is the robot from Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, which was Ciro Nero's other show that he worked on, uh, which had Greg Sipes as the main character and a bunch of robot monkeys that form, you know, that have a big robot 
Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about that show. So that's it's cool that, that you're able to catch that. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy, pretty fun. Um, he's all throughout the show. Like the new arcade game that they're playing, the robots from there. Uh, so the the second I saw that, I'm like, yep. I know I know what you're doing. And I'm here for all of it. I just learned something. Yeah. So you have Queen, Rook, Bishop, and Pawn on the Utrum Council, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, Krang's subprime was known as Knight before he joined Krang. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. He was like, don't yeah. call me that. I uh, I guess I didn't catch that while, while I was watching the episode. Yeah, I, I love how one of the Utrams, the the uh, the body that he's in, <laughs> it's got a mustache, like a proper like <laughs> giant curly mustache. <laughs> like what? What? What's the point of that? Style, man. How he is style. He is styling. He is styling. Like, what is the point of anyone's mustache, Jeff? I mean, I don't have a mustache, so I don't. Yes, you do. I have a beard. It has a mustache. It's no, it's all connected. It's a beard. If I was shaved and I had just had that, I would have just a mustache. Oh, oh, we are going to have a hard disagreement on this. Mm. A beard (laughs) is the cheek part. The part on your lip is the is the mustache. They can go together and there is a name for the full thing. I can't can't think of it, but it's called a beard. The beard is like you can have a beard without a mustache, though. Yeah, but you look freaking weird. No offense to anybody that does that. I'm just like, saying. You can totally shave your mustache and still have a beard. Uh, no, Tom Selleck has a mustache. I have a mustache, but it's also part of a Van Dyke. It's also could be part of a goatee, but it's still a mustache. It's a piece of the bigger thing. Folks, this is what I have to deal with on a weekly basis. These weird. <laughs> discussions that mean absolutely nothing (laughs) like if you shave the hair on your cheeks and your chin and like shave all of that off you don't have a tiny beard on your lip you have a mustache because the hair on your lip is your mustache for all you out there with facial hair uh write in sergio telling him that he's wrong I don't I, I don't see how I'm wrong. It, it's it's but it's, it may not matter. Like what I'm saying probably doesn't actually matter, but it's not wrong. Uh, anything I'm else? I'm going to disagree. Moving on. They, they, like they are the piece kind of like it's like you're saying, no, I don't have an elbow. I have an arm. See, no, that's totally that moving on. Your elbow is part of your arm. Drunk with power. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> Anything else for the war for Dimension X? No. Nothing else? Okie doke. Then let's move on to the last episode that we're going to talk about today, and that is the Cosmic Ocean. The Turtles journey through the Cosmic... Wait. The Turtles journey through the Cosmic Ocean of Vanura in outer space, which is gravitationally bound together. Uh where they must prove themselves worthy to Hydalara. Hydalara? Yeah. Uh, an aquatic 
alien queen who holds the second piece of the black hole generator. I don't have much of anything for this episode. Huh? I, I really don't. It, like, it was fine. Uh, but that's about it. Like, there was a cool um, name drop of uh, Murdude. But th- what, what do you have? Like, con- convince me this episode's awesome. Well, we get we get more Armagon. Yeah, but we like more Armagon. Like the law of diminishing returns. Like the well, the fact that they snuck in electric seaweed, and oh, don't worry, Future Toys. Like we'll be out of this in two point uh, two uh, two point two oh seconds, or two minute two minutes and twenty seconds. Which is exactly the time it takes you to defuse the bombs in the damn stage on the NES Turtles game. I love they put that reference in there. That was great. Really? Yeah. Okay. I checked all of it. Okay. I see. Hey, watch out for that electric seaweed. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah. That's that's actually fantastic. But that's about it. <laughs> well, I went and compared that's a it reference. to because yeah, because I had uploaded the uh, the clip. Uh, of the the stage to the warp zone, and I was like, "Wait, I have it right here." It's like, and two minutes twenty seconds. I'm like, that's it. Um, <laughs> and and you know, there's more Star Wars references. You know where this mystic Cthulhu is sleeping. It's basically the same asteroid type situation from Empire Strikes Back uh, with the Millennium Falcon. Um. I love like when Mikey is trying to figure out dream up what it looks like. And one of them just happens to be man Ray. Mm-hmm. And it looks exactly like the, the original art, uh, which is nice. Um, <laughs> there's a star Trek reference. It's like, we need to go faster. Future toys. Like I'm giving her all she got. Captain. <laughs> I was like, I've always wanted to say that. At which, uh, and that, that's where they kind of lost me with this. Like, I'm fine with them homaging Star Trek. I'm fine with them building concepts around tried and true Star Trek concepts like the holodeck and whatnot. But they're suggesting that the Fugitoid knows what Star Trek is. Ah, I just leave it alone. And that's where it breaks the fiction for me. That's fine. It's yeah, of course it's fine. It's fine. It's it is fine. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, this was kind of like a big moment for Leo because he messed up and it kind of weighed heavy on him. Cause like, yeah. you know, if you are worthy, you must face this creature and he will know that you're, you're worthy. And if not, you know, you, you basically don't get the piece of the black hole generator. And of course it all works out in the end. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that little, that little moment, I kind of liked that. Like, no, the moment's gone. And then here comes Drag again. And here comes Armagon. And everybody's, you know, going crazy, going nuts. Um, I mean, other than that, it's kind of a, you know, a passable episode. But again, Armagon makes kind of, kind of makes up for that. Um, at least I feel. Like, <laughs> Armagon's always cool, but he doesn't make this episode special. Well, no. Yeah, it, like, 
there are no bad episodes of the nine that we watched. Let me just put that out there. None of them are bad. Uh, and seeing this version of the turtles in a completely different setting with different enemies and different problems to solve is very welcome because by the yeah. time the end of season three came, they needed to shake some stuff up. Yeah. Um, so this was a very welcome. So far, season four is a banger. Uh, it's really funny because we ended at episode nine right before a very significant episode. Ugh. Well, but we'll get to that left, next time. At least it didn't end on a cliffhanger this time. That's true. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that next time. Uh, anything else for the cosmic ocean before we shut this down? Let's see. Oh. Uh, Hydrala was voiced by Xena Warrior Princess herself, Lucy Lawless. Yes, yes, she was. Again, I, did not know, I, I, I didn't know that she does voice acting. She's done, uh, she's done a bit. So, hmm. it was, it was nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much covered all the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, overall, um, the Future Toy is, is, as I've already stated, is my favorite version. Um, while I absolutely, I, I don't know how many times I watched the Turtles in Space episodes of 2K3. Um, just because, like you said, it was, it was a, a needed shakeup, um, to just, to do something completely different, um, and focus on this, not the shredder or, you know, and that was really nice to see. Um, I would say this is probably the most exciting space adventures that we've gotten to see so far. The exciting, um, exciting what? Space adventures. Oh, space adventures. I thought it said spaceship winters. I'm like, what? Is that a character that I, that I missed? What? what? Um, no. Um, but yeah, it's David Tennant stills the every scene that he's in. Uh, and it's just an absolute just delight on screen. Yeah, yeah, he 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 is a wonderful, wonderful fugitoid. But yeah, overall a, a great start uh, to a new season. I was just energized by just you know just all the craziness that comes with you know space and just because anything can happen, you can literally make anything up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I. I I loved these episodes, and I'm I'm glad I'm finally able to be like, hey Jeff, watch these with me. So that'll do it, man. Uh, do you know what we're doing next? Do 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 you? Huh? Huh? No, because you again, we go through this every time. You have the spreadsheet, right? But if this is episode 124, ah, character spotlight. Yeah, and he guesses it's not, as to, not as, it's, it's not Armagon. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> But I can tell you who it is going to be if you give me just a moment. Bishop is next. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bishop is next. Um, It's going to be Bishop. Well, that's very apt. Yeah. Yeah. I figured I figured you'd enjoy talking about Bishop now that you, you know, you you have the reveal and stuff from this one. Um. So I guess tune in next time. It'll be episode 125. It'll be a nice, tight episode. 
Uh, and again, do not forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We have that contest coming up probably within the next week, uh, very shortly after I post this episode. And so that's fun. Jeff, what are you going to be up to? Well, this is where I'm going to tell people to follow the Warp Zone Arcade uh, on Facebook, Threads, Twitch, and Instagram. Uh, I'm sure Sergio can link all of those in the show notes. Uh, we are Brandon Mississippi's Premier Arcade. We've been around for quite some time. Uh, we do uh, events, birthday parties, uh, retro game restoration. Uh, we have retro classics and modern games to enjoy. Um, we're ramping up some uh, different kind of weekly events featuring different uh fighting games and retro classic games. Uh, I got big Mortal Kombat stuff coming up. So new games coming out. So we're very excited for that. Um, and we're kind of restructuring when we're going to stream and stuff. I'm trying to figure out some different types of games for us to stream. Um, so please give us a follow. Um, so you can keep up with everything that I'm doing and, and, and who knows, I'll probably, you know, um, uh, stream some Ninja Turtle stuff um, soon. Uh, since I've been doing the DLC, I'll have to do that on PlayStation. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, well, uh, episodes one through nine of Downset Drip are live on YouTube. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Check those out. It's a football podcast or, sorry, fashion podcast about football jerseys. Uh, also, I forgot to mention this. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there is a surprise coming up from the Shellheads. Hmm. You know what it is, Jeff. Ooh, are we getting official jerseys? No, 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 don't, don't put, don't say those things out loud. Because no? then people will want them. Hey. Shellheads merch, people. Uh, if everything goes as planned, we're going to have a special little episode between now and episode 125, but no details are going to be given on that, so just keep your podcast players tuned in. Maybe? Notifications? Set your, set your notifications? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, however you listen to us, make sure you're paying very close attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I thank everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for following us on our social platforms. I wish you luck in the upcoming contest and, uh, thank you for joining me today, buddy, Jeff. Pleasure as always. And as always, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we are the heads of the shells.
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.